Today on Blue 58, the Packers open 2022 by unwrapping one last Christmas present, a thorough beatdown of the Minnesota Vikings en route to the top seed in the NFC. With the playoffs ahead, let's take a second to savor what the Packers have accomplished. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink, happy to be with you here celebrating a Packers victory over the Minnesota Vikings and the top seed in the NFC playoffs. What an accomplishment, what a season the Packers have have enjoyed so far, and what a game it was. Before we get too far, I want to shout out uh, Blue 58 Discord member Janelle, who got to celebrate her birthday January 2nd with uh, with the Packers win. So I hope you enjoyed that, Janelle, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it as well. What a game it was. We talked about in the preview how this game was never really about the Vikings. Didn't even bother, honestly, with a, with a typical preview, because... This was all about the Packers taking care of business. The original question was whether or not they could just get a win, regardless of what it looked like. But as the week went on, it became, can they destroy this team? Okay, they don't have Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen's out. Can they beat up on a team that they should really just take apart? And it turns out the answers are yes and yes. They could take care of business, and they could destroy a team that they should have destroyed. And as a result, your Green Bay Packers are the top seed in the NFC. And I think it's an appropriate thing to do at times like this to take a second and reflect on where we are and what it took to get here when things like this happen. Because if the result is the only thing that matters, if we're not trying to learn anything more about the Packers, all we really need to talk about is the result. And the result this year is the result of a pretty long journey. Looking back and looking around and seeing what's going on and seeing what it took to get here, I can't help but reflect on three big names, Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers. Brian Gutekunst made the decision to hold his team from 2020 together. He brought everyone back from last year with the exception of Christian Kirksey, essentially. Everybody from the NFC Championship game was back. And now they're looking better than ever. Despite David Bakhtiari not yet making it back. Despite Zedarius Smith's back injury. Despite Jair Alexander's injury. Despite everything that Brian Gutekunst went through this offseason related to Aaron Rodgers. Here he is, having put together a team that's going to win 13 games, or won 13 games at least, for three consecutive seasons is the top seed in the NFC for two seasons now in a row, and gets a much-needed bye in the first round of the NFC playoffs. Think how unlikely that felt in April. Matt LaFleur, he somehow has helped Aaron Rodgers find still yet another level. What seems to be a likely second consecutive MVP. He has helped this offense through a period of great uncertainty. Sure, you've got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but you don't have David Bakhtiari. And as the season went on, you didn't have Elton Jenkins. You didn't have Josh Myers. Now you don't have Billy Turner. It's a pretty inexperienced group out there. It's a group that would not be the Packers' preferred group really by any stretch of the imagination. Along the way, he's helped Devontae Adams unlock somehow an even greater level of achievement for already probably the most accomplished player we've seen in Green Bay outside of Aaron Rodgers in who knows how long. 
We've seen other players come into their own in unique ways. A.J. Dillon finding his feet in his second season. Aaron Jones refining his game, uh, doing different things for the Packers this year. Numerous others finding different ways to contribute. Alan Lazard, we'll talk about him in a second. Mercedes Lewis finding new things to do in age his age 56 season. That's all coaching. And LaFleur has found a way to really hold it together. Sure, there have been some bumps in the road. Week one was pretty bad. Uh, he held on to his game plan against the Chiefs for far too long when it was abundantly clear that uh, Jordan Love couldn't do what he was asking him to do. But still, in totality, Matt LaFleur's had a great season, I think. And Aaron Rodgers. To say his offseason was tumultuous is uh, to vastly understate it. Much of that self-inflicted, to be sure. And this season, too, some self-inflicted issues. But despite all of the noise from the outside, he's churning along being basically the same Aaron Rodgers that he's always been. And whether or not you agree with him, and you certainly don't have to, it's hard to not enjoy the accomplishment. I certainly do. It's it's weird seeing him be as professorial at the line this year as he was last year, considering there were no fans in on the field last year. There were no fans to, to slow him down. He could just come to the line of scrimmage, you know, pick apart exactly what the defense is doing and make his decisions from there. It seems like he's picked up right where he left off last season. He's playing as well as we've seen him in a long time. And despite everything that's gone on, doesn't seem to be affecting him at all. It's been a saga, I guess is my point, and now we are here. It's been a season unlike I can ever really remember, which is saying something considering what we went through last year. It's been an epic journey, a journey we've been able to go on together, and I've been grateful to have you along here listening and uh, reading and all the things that you do to support us. And in the spirit of that epicness, I wanted to take up a challenge presented by a listener in the Power Sweeps Discord server. Regular commenter QHM asked for a monologue in this episode worthy of Hamlet. Well, my favorite Shakespeare play is Macbeth, so let's go with something inspired by the Scottish play. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps the race of takes from day to day to the last angry Bayless tweet. And twas just yesterday the blighted fluel Schefter's breathless break bespoke a tear between a team and player. Out! Out! None of you with sin without. For this unfolding season shows us all a liar. A vaccine, a virus, a year of shots and scores and wins. Revealing what? Another spot atop a conference ripe for winning. The death of Rogers? Lafleur, A fraud? A tale told by an idiot or a Bears fan, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Honestly, it's been quite a year. And after all that's gone on, the Packers have done what they've always done under Matt LaFleur. Win. And they won again today. And they took home the top spot in the NFC playoffs as they did it. You can talk all day about how the Packers may have overachieved or underachieved, or maybe they're the worst team by DVOA, or their, you know, their EPA per play isn't as good as some of the other teams, or what have you. Their PFF grades maybe not lining up against some of their competition. That may all be true. 
It may be true that Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back next year. It may be true that Devontae Adams is off to greener pastures. It may be true that the Packers in our lifetimes never reach this height again. But they've gotten there this year. And they've done it despite everything that's gone on off the field and all the stuff with the still ongoing pandemic and all of the injuries. And, well, you know the litany from there. They've won. And they've won convincingly. And they took out the Minnesota Vikings to be the top team in the NFC. I keep returning to that because, oh, it's really sweet to beat the Vikings. Before we dive into uh, the rest of the podcast, just want to shout out the Unpack podcast. Step your game up. Haikus, okay. Let's do soliloquies from now on. Three good things from this episode, from this game. Uh, first and foremost, the defensive effort, specifically not being surprised by the obvious. Kirk Cousins is out. Adam Thielen is out. Sean Mannion is in. What are the Vikings going to do? Well, they're going to run the ball. Then they're going to try to find stuff for Mannion to do, working on top of that. Well, how do you stop that? First, you score enough that they have to throw, because even if he's a pretty decent prospect, and I don't know if that's even true, uh, Chris Collinsworth seemed to be trying his best to, to prop him up as a legitimate NFL quarterback. Mannion's not going to be able to, or he shouldn't be able to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers when everybody in the stadium knows that Justin Jefferson is the only guy that he's got to throw to. The second thing you've got to do is stop the run when it's still close enough that running is really a viable strategy. Part one came easy enough. Even early on when the Packers were struggling, it, it looked like there was never going to be a problem moving the ball. They should have been up 14 nothing. But for two plays, a Degora drop in the end zone and a, a, a sketchy decision on a fourth down play where Aaron Rodgers passed up a, looked like to me, at least on the broadcast angle, a wide open Alan Lazard to force the ball to Devontae Adams. And I can understand why you'd want to force the ball to Devontae Adams, but he is not always the answer on every play. So part one came easy. They moved the ball, they scored. Part two, well, look for yourself. Dalvin Cook, nine carries, 13 yards, three catches, zero yards. I don't know, is that good? You tell me. If I have one complaint, it's that they somehow never forced a turnover on this Vikings team. The Packers seem cursed to never catch an interception from a Vikings quarterback, and Chris Barnes is going to be kicking himself from here until he gets his next opportunity to score a touchdown in the NFL because, boy, did he have a golden opportunity to waltz into the end zone with his very own pick six. And uh, he Collinsworth was was dead on. Even his own family is going to have to give him a little bit of a hard time for that one because, my gosh, it doesn't get much easier than that. But overall, heck of a defensive effort. Sure, it's against a diminished team. Nobody's cutting the Packers any slack for uh, losing against the Chiefs when they had a diminished offense out there with Jordan Love behind center instead of Aaron Rodgers. So why should we cut the Vikings any slack? You're an NFL team. Play an NFL offense. They couldn't do it today. Second good thing is the Packers' true two-headed monster in the backfield. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon seem to really have found their roles, and it's all the cliche stuff, thunder and lightning, Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside, whatever you call it, it's working. A.J. Dillon, 14 carries, 63 yards, two touchdowns, hammering away inside. Both touchdowns involved carrying people across the goal line. Just absolute power mauling football. 
Aaron Jones, meanwhile, eight carries, 76 yards, two explosive runs to the outside. He looks fresh. He looks fast. He looks like he can do more for the Packers, too, because they keep expanding his work as a receiver. The Packers have a great backfield duo, and boy, they are doing a phenomenal job. Finally, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, want to talk about Devontae Adams, and I want to talk about the prospect of winning another MVP. Again, circling back to the opening, it's amazing how far things have come. Boy, did it seem unlikely that we're going to get anything like this from these guys this season. Even if you bought into everything last dance related, everything that went on with that, how could they top what they did last year? Well, they have. Devontae Adams broke his own single season receiving record in 15 games. Two more touchdowns today gives him 12 on the year. 12 or more touchdowns for Adams in three of the last four seasons. Pretty darn good for a guy that a lot of people wanted to cut after the 2015 season. Aaron Rodgers, what do you say? Volume stats has never really been his thing, but he is just staggeringly efficient. Completion percentage, yards per attempt, avoiding sacks, avoiding turnovers, it's just incredible. And again, it's amazing that he looks so similar to last year, this year at the line of scrimmage. Fans, not a factor. Crowd noise, not a factor. Whatever the defense is doing, rarely a factor. Aaron Rodgers dicing him up, and that's what he did today. If you want to focus on one bad thing from this game, we can talk about the slow start. Against a better team, that might kill you. Against a team that can score points approximately as well as the Packers, starting slow might mean starting in a 14-0 hole. That's something that's got to be in the back of our minds at least a little bit. It all worked out in the end, and the Packers have shown that they can be a great team in quarters two through four, basically throughout the entire season, but... If you're concerned about that, if you're concerned about the slow start, I got to say, you probably are onto something because the Packers have come out slow in just about every single game this year. And it's maddening and it really doesn't have to be that way because they've shown that they can be that efficient throughout the rest of the game. And they've shown or they showed last year that they could be incredible in their opening script, but they just haven't gotten back to that this year for whatever reason. But it's really hard to complain about that in a 37-10 to 10 win because it shows that you really didn't need that first quarter anyway. Ultimately, what does it mean? It means the Packers are the top seed in the NFC, and today, Sunday, really could not have gone any better. Dallas lost, opening the door for the Packers to, to clinch things today. Tampa Bay showing signs of internal problems with Antonio Brown. What a situation that was. Good grief. Los Angeles, too, uh, not exactly smooth sailing for the Rams today. Despite the victory, a little bit of internal strife there as well. It's, it's something to pay attention to. The playoff field looks really beatable. And yes, the Packers are not without their issues, but man, why not the Packers? I mean, if the road to the Super Bowl is going through Lambeau, kind of nice to be a hot Packers team at this time of year, wouldn't you say? So what happens next? Well, we're going to get a midday kickoff at Detroit for week 18. Aaron Rodgers says he's playing next week. We will see about that. 
it'd be nice to uh, to get some reps for some of the guys that are working their way back. If Jair Alexander can go this week, if he comes off the COVID list, it'd be nice to get him out there and get him at least a little bit of game action, just if only for conditioning purposes. Uh, just get him on the field and let him run around a little bit. Uh, get a get a lather up and then get him off the field. I'll be interested to see if they keep Devontae Adams out there to break the single season receiving yardage record for the Packers or not. Uh, I would wager they probably do, and I would wager that's one reason that Aaron Rodgers probably wants to be out there to start Week 18, but uh, but we'll see. Um, I don't know if I really buy the, the slow start in the playoffs type stuff just from having time off, but we're looking at a situation where the Packers aren't going to play a meaningful football game for essentially three weeks now. So if they want to get him some reps, I can understand why that would be the case too. This is going to be their last chance to do that until the divisional round of the playoffs. But in the meantime... They'll be playing the relatively hapless but hard-charging Detroit Lions in Detroit uh, next week. Clearing out the notebook, a few observations for you, then we'll let you go into your week. And I hope you have emerged from the holiday season relatively unscathed. Uh, I am back to work Monday for the first time since pre-Christmas, so that'll be an adjustment, but it'll be fine. We'll get through it together. Uh, Just first and foremost, kind of a broad look at things. Personally, this is a much better way to start a year podcast-wise than 2021. You probably don't recall, but the first episode of the 2021 calendar year was basically all about David Bakhtiari's injury because he tore his ACL on the final day of 2020, which led us to have a first podcast episode of 2021 entirely focused on that. But this time, we're entirely focused on what's going on the field. The Packers are getting healthier. They're the the class of the NFC right now. Hey, feeling pretty good. I would never want to say that I'm sorry for Vikings fans. You made your bed. Now lie in it. But I felt a little bad for Vikings fans in this game. Because Minnesota looked like they were ready to leave after the first drive. Low energy, short, starting Sean Mannion. Look, he drafted Kellen Mond, and then he put him out there for one series in the fourth quarter when the game's out of reach. Didn't you pick him for a reason? And it never really seemed like they even really tried to be all that aggressive. This is the effort they give with their season on the line, with a potential coaching change in the works, with a potential GM change, not entirely out of the realm of possibility. This is this is it. Everything's on the line. And you kind of go, well, I mean, they're stopping our one thing. Dalvin Cook, I mean, we were hoping he could save us, but they're slowing him down, so I I guess that's it for us. Don't you want to get weird? Don't you want to try some stuff? Don't you want to just see what you can do? No? Nothing? All right. Well, glad I'm not rooting for the Vikings because that would have been really frustrating to watch if I was a Minnesota Vikings fan. You've got two games. You're shot at the playoffs is already out of your own control. You've got to win to get in. You've got to win these last two games, and that's what you come out with. Sure, I, I get it. Your quarterback's on the COVID list, but but that's it? Really? Okay. On the Packers, I was really pleased to see the, the entrance that David Moore made to his Packers tenure. We mentioned him as a potential return candidate in the preview. Boy, they threw him out there, both punt and kick returns, and said, go for it, Dave, let's see what you got. Well, what he had was three punt returns for 33 yards, a long of 21. Not too shabby. 
For comparison, in his first game with the Packers in 2019, Tyler Irvin had four returns for 51 yards. Mr. Moore stacking up nicely. And with the frame he's got and the athleticism he's got, let's see if he can do some Tyler Irvin things on offense. Can't hurt, right? Speaking of bit players playing significant roles on offense, Tyler Davis fairly active today. Not not super surprising given where the Packers tight end group is, as we mentioned in the preview, but I'm interested in Tyler Davis as a prospect. Had a nice catch on the move today, and it looks like he's got some good athleticism to go with some pretty good size. Six foot four, two hundred and fifty-two pounds, seven eight nine relative athletic score, good but not great four seven one forty yard dash. Hey, you can work with that. A willing enough blockers, decent enough hands. As far as tight end prospects go, you could do a lot worse than that. The Packers are going to need somebody to fill the Mercedes Lewis role sooner or later. I mean, he's going to be collecting Social Security here sooner or later, so maybe he just decides, you know, we'll, we'll go with the secondary income stream rather than getting run into 40 plays a day, 16, 17 times in the fall. Maybe Tyler Davis is your uh, Mercedes Lewis heir. And don't forget, with Bob Tunyon's status up in the air for next year, the Packers are going to need help at tight end. Why not Tyler Davis? We've seen that the Packers like to have a versatile group of tight ends, so you're going to need an inline guy, a guy to play that Mercedes Lewis type role. If it's not Mercedes Lewis, who's it going to be? Tyler Davis can do it. He can play special teams. Throw him in there with Josiah DeGuara, Dominique Daphne. Hey, you got a stew going. Not too bad. Elsewhere on the offense, Aaron Rodgers did plenty well getting the ball down the field today. But it was clear he wanted more, and I would like to see the the all-22 on this because I counted, looking at my notes, at least three plays where it looked like he was gearing up for a deep shot and then pulled it back, ultimately checking it down. What I like about that is that the Packers were really aggressive, but I'm interested to see what, what he saw or get an idea what he may have seen looking down the field and deciding, nope, we're just going gonna, gonna to pull it back and uh, just take what's available. But the Packers were trying to be aggressive, and I like that because I think there could have been a temptation to just roll out there and say, we're probably going to get the win no matter what we do. Let's just continue to pound away in the run game and hope that we rack up you know, 14 points and say that that's probably more than the Vikings are going to be able to do. That wasn't what the Packers did, and I was glad to see it. Alan Lazard continues to come on strong down the stretch here. His role, to me, isn't so much expanding as solidifying, which I think is cool in its own way. He really seems to be settling in as a quasi-tight end in the Packers' offense. A lot of seam routes this week. Great use of his size in that role. Plus, uh, that 50-50 ball in the end zone. Magnificent. Just wonderful stuff from him. Um, and it just is really encouraging to continue to see him figure out ways to get involved in the offense or coaches to figure out ways that he can get involved in the offense. Finishing on defense, let's talk about Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, both closing in on double-digit sacks for the year, starting with Rashawn Gary uh, knocking on the door of 10 sacks, nine and a half on the season. Been saying all year that the counting stats were going to come sooner or later at the pressure rates that he's putting up. It just has to happen. Sooner or later, he's going to start getting sacks. Well, they have. He had a sack and a half in the first six weeks of the season. Since then, eight. Not too bad, Mr. Gary. 
Preston Smith, meanwhile, has also hit nine sacks with one more today. Great story that keeps keeps getting better. Bet on himself coming back, agreed to a restructured deal, earning those incentives all back as he continues to pile up those counting stats. Great work, Preston Smith, and uh, and a credit to him for believing that he could do it and uh, earning back a lot of the money that he agreed to to shave off of his his contract just for the chance to to come back and be a part of what the Packers are doing this year. And just kind of a, another great small story among a wide selection of them this year. Awesome to see, and I hope it just continues. That's all I've got for you in this episode. I hope you enjoyed this win. I hope you've enjoyed every bit of this Packers season so far, and I appreciate you being along there with us as we start another calendar year. Just really happy to have you along for the ride. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you think someone you would know or you know would enjoy it too, it would mean a lot to me if you'd share it with them. Help us grow this show. Help us find more people to talk to about this this great team that we love. Getting more people involved in this conversation is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.